Welcome to the Holistic Icon Podcast, hosted by Dr. Nisha Chellam, a board-certified internist and holistic medicine specialist who understands the science of disease and the art of healing. Every week, Dr. Nisha gives you tips on how to take control of your health, because you are your best doctor. Here's your host and author of Transform Your Thyroid, Dr. Nisha Chellam. Ready for our podcast? And hopefully, everybody who usually joins us is also ready to learn a little about anxiety and insomnia. That's what we were going to talk about, right? Yeah, I think that's Once a again, topic. Good afternoon, this is Dr. Chalam and Marina. And today, Holistic Icons uh, podcast is going to be to educate you about anxiety and insomnia. Another common complaint that we have when people come to us for help to actually um, take control of their health. So um, I guess we have to begin by defining what anxiety is. Does that sound right? Yeah, a lot right there. Yeah, let's start there. So a lot of times when we are looking at anxiety, um, an important part of it could be uh, what really is anxiety. Um, most people understand what it means to feel anxious, but um, let me pull this up here. Uh, so it's actually a feeling of nervousness and it comes on normally there's no trigger. So when you have um, a trigger, that's stress. Um, and I always give this as an example, like if you're closed in a room and you are um, scared of a spider, when there's a big spider in the room locked in with you. Or you're in the shower and there's a giant spider. <laughs> that's right. That is stress. But when you get into the shower and then you get the feeling that there would be a spider or you're locked in a room and you think there's a spider, but there is no spider and you know rationally there is no spider, but you're extremely nervous and scared, that is anxiety. So you're feeling the feelings of anxiety without there actually being a trigger is the big difference. Yeah, that's a huge difference. And um, some people um, get anxiety because there was a life event and it could have been when they were like six years old and somebody teased them and created a lot of anxiety or somebody was abusive to them, whether it be physically or emotionally, that um, creates a certain um, anxious feeling in their mind, but they carried on mm -hmm. for years after that person who abused them or the trigger that insulted them is gone, it becomes a behavior that they would have. So a lot of times, um, I think um, it is associated with fear. There's a certain amount of irritability. It spills into disrupting their sleep, therefore their life, and they constantly live their lives with this kind of, um, um, what do you call, um, survival mode. Mm -hmm. and, and it becomes a vicious cycle too once your sleep is affected and everything else. Yeah, this fatigue that kicks in mm -hmm. and you're never rested. So when you really look at it, life experience is a very common cause for anxiety. And then there are other reasons why people have anxiety. And this is what we will look at the modifiable features. And I had a whole list. Of course, when I start my podcast, I never find my list. All right. Well, we'll go into what are the other um, common reasons why when people come to us with anxiety, how do we approach it? 
obviously one of the real um, important reasons for go, going to a practice or going to a medical provider is to get relief of the symptoms of anxiety. In traditional medicine, you go to the doctor, you try to get some relief of the symptoms of anxiety. How do they do that? Give you medication. Absolutely. And once you get the medicine, do you get the relief of anxiety? Yes. Absolutely. And so, I hope so. <laughs> A lot of times you do, and now uh, and 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 that's why it becomes easy for people to say, "Can I get a medication?" Because the last time I went to the doctor, a small dose of Xanax is all what I need, and people actually feel um, very uh, comfortable that they took a little dose of Xanax or Ativan and they felt better. So one is, but uh, but when you come to a practice like ours, like a functional medical practice. Our goal would be to find out, is there a reversible cause of anxiety that we can address? Mm -hmm. And, yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think a lot of times anxiety, we don't understand that there is so much physiological stuff going on that while it's a behavioral thing and a mental thing, you can definitely augment that physiologically. And I think that's probably what we'll talk about. Yeah, so the, it's just a different way of looking at your absolutely. triggers too. Absolutely. So actually, we have a life experience. We all have stressful moments. And I was talking to a client this morning, and I said everybody has gone through life where there's been something terrible that happens, and it happens sometimes for years together. For people, sometimes it might be a whole decade goes where they've lived in a stressful relationship, or they've mm -hmm. uh, lived in a dysfunctional family, or they have worked in a very highly dysfunctional setting for whatever reasons. Now that creates a certain behavioral pattern, but there's also something that we tend to do to ourselves to sustain this anxiety long term, which is what you're talking about, a physiological response in our body to all of the things that we do to ourselves. So we're going to look for reversible causes of anxiety. Then we look at genetic traits. Does this person have a genetic mutation that actually causes them to be a little more anxious than normal? Or when the same situation is presented to five people, five people um, respond to it differently. So one will get extremely anxious, the other will just take it completely easy. That's the whole mm -hmm. spectrum. Then we look at um, what are the other things associated with what is triggering off this anxiety. Sometimes it can be chronic pain, a motor vehicle accident, an injury that never is completely healed. We call it the nerve, um, you know, when the nerves get affected. Um, you have chronic pain that can trigger off const uh, constant anxiety. Then there are nutritional factors, which is really the most um, easily reversible causes of anxiety. And then digestive issues. We'll talk about the digestive issues in a minute. It's very, very interesting. All the uh, tests that or the experimentations that have gone on with anxiety and mice experiments with the digestive tract. And then food sensitivity is very common, yep. particularly gluten and dairy products. Mm -hmm. People, when they remove gluten and dairy, their anxiety completely goes away. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny. It's yeah. Take out your gluten, get rid of anxiety. It's that simple, right? It is simple, but it's actually the hardest thing to do because yep. literally what does um, gluten or dairy do to you? It becomes a form of morphine, goes to your brain and creates an addictive cycle. In fact, I remember having a client who when we took her off of the gluten during the detox period, she 
literally felt that she was going to die and she was waiting and the first thing she went back to is gluten and all of her symptoms came back mm -hmm. so uh, a lot of times it's just the addictive cycle where when you're not able to give up a particular food product you have a problem with it and we'll get into that too sugar is the same uh, absolutely sugar is actually uh, atta uh, attaches itself to the same receptors that cocaine does which is a dopamine receptor mm -hmm. and therefore creates that addiction and the high and the low but it's socially acceptable so we can be addicted to yeah there's, there's no legal there are good. no e legal implications yeah. right you can always get them so let's go into the uh, different causes I briefly explained to you life experience this really it could be a trigger that happened all through the formative years in childhood um, obviously the physical abuse and emotional abuse is the most um, deep-rooted and very difficult and there's a lot of work that needs to be done to uh, really um, unload those experiences uh, but the things that we can really impact are even your genetics getting your genes tested figuring out at which point in the genetic uh, coding when we say a code a particular gene will create um, a sentence right um, like for instance um, or uh, information for instance if I say um, the leaf is green that's a sentence and it's coding but um, the code may get cut short to green leaf which really gives you the same meaning so it's not very impactful when you just say the leaf is green or green leaf the meaning is conveyed sometimes the genetic mutations are not a big deal at other times it'll be like the word green would be somewhere else and something else would somewhere else and you're just confused that kind of a mutation that impacts how the um, uh, process you know what we call is it's called a neurotransmitter that is the chemical um, that is transferred between two nerve cells that gives you that information that feeling of calmness or the feeling of stimulation or anxiety if there's a problem with the amount that is produced or how fast they are removed from the system are even if they are uh, producing inadequate or uh, too much of it all of this will affect your mood and that is coded by your gene remember I've always said genes are the loaded gun the environment pulls the trigger so once you get a genetic use let's say you genetically wired to be anxious we have to see how can we bypass this information and actually make you come and one of the biggest things we look at is what we call the methylation cofactors mm -hmm. which is the B B12 and folate which is extremely important in this whole neurotransmitter process and if you have a genetic um, deficiency of how it gets um, activated then we need to supplement the right kind of um, B vitamins yep. so that's a simple way to bypass genetic now I just made it very simple there are several genetic mutations that can affect um, your anxiety states uh, it's extremely important to understand if you impact everything else in your life your nutrition your lifestyle which includes exercise your relationships your job all of your environments the chances are no matter how many genetic traits you have you can actually impact 
the final outcome of this anxiety feeling of worrying and um, you know disruption in your life emotionally so you change your genetics to change or you change your environment to make your genetics work for you yes so anytime you hear anything about genetics it does not mean it's this like in stone thing that you are stuck with you just have to get it to work properly for you and that just means changing your environment Absolutely. And that's what we teach people. It's like they need to know what to change. And a lot of times you're very confused. You just take a, a supplement. It's not going to change your environment. You've got to change everything else around you. Then we look at um, the nutritional fact. Now, this is the part that is extremely, again, it's simple, but not easy. Because when you look at the things that really disrupt anxiety, depression, or um, insomnia, it's just that one thing. Do you know, remember what that is? The one hormone that I always say that needs to be addressed? Cortisol. Cortisol is one, but <laughs> it's answer. actually insulin. Ah, remember? Insulin. It's the uh, blood sugar highs and lows. Oh, yeah. When you get those reactive hypoglycemia, what is reactive hypoglycemia? It means you get this really absolutely low blood sugar because your insulin has overshot its limit. When that happens, it triggers of anxiety. And so again, getting your insulin to work effectively, the only job of insulin is to maintain blood sugars. And how it does that is to reduce the production of um, sugar, or re reduce the dumping of sugar from the liver. We all think it's by um, moving the glucose into the cells, but actually when you look at the physiology of insulin, how it works, it prevents uh, more sugar being dumped into the blood from the storage sites, which is the muscle and the liver. So really we don't want any disruption in the insulin path, which comes back to how you eat. If you're going to be eating a lot of the processed food, which is trans fats and a lot of refined sugar, a lot of oils, you're going to have a complete disruption of the um, insulin hormone and therefore disruption of your blood sugars. The other aspects nutritionally, when you see, and I'm going to get a little bit technical here, um, we have a lot of what we, I told you, the chemicals that help with the communication between the nerve cells that give you the feeling of calmness or anxiety. The neurotransmitters, we have serotonin, we have dopamine, we have norepinephrine and epinephrine. We're going to talk about how these are impacted. When these neurotransmitters get formed. How do they get formed? From your food. And they are from amino acids. Amino acids are breakdown of protein. There are two key amino acids. One is called phenylalanine and the other one is um, uh, that is the L-tyrosine. It's called the tyrosine and the tryptophan. Tryptophan becomes serotonin. Serotonin becomes melatonin. So you can see how anxiety and insomnia are connected because they're in the same pathway. We all know how melatonin is important for sleep. Whereas the other part where you get the formation of dopamine and norepinephrine, it comes from the L-tyrosine. Tyrosine comes from phenylalanine, which is made in the liver, then has to get into the brain. For it to get into the brain, it needs a function of insulin. Now, when you take a very high carbohydrate meal with a lot of protein, particularly we all know about Thanksgiving turkey dinner, mm -hmm. we say you feel sleepy. That's because serotonin is actually something that will calm you down. 
And a lot of times when you have a lot of anxiety and insomnia, we try to do how can we get the L-tryptophan high in your uh, system, either by giving you an amino acid supplement or changing the way you eat. So that's where the nutrition factor, that's one part of it, is the amino acid, which is the raw material. There's another part of it. In any process in our cells, for something to become a hormone or a neurotransmitter, you need what we call the co-pilots. We have a main process and then the co-pilot is important, usually the vitamins and minerals. Common vitamins are the B complex, so B3, B6, B12, very important. And if you don't get these levels checked and if they are low or imbalanced, then the chances are you're going to have a lot of anxiety. And the other one is uh, minerals like copper, zinc, and iron. Iron is one of the things I want to address because a lot of women who are menstruating, young women, tend to have a lot of anxiety and the reason they have anxiety is because of the heavy menstrual cycle, their iron levels are low. And what do people do? They avoid taking iron because it causes constipation. Now if you don't have enough iron, you're not forming enough of these neurotransmitters so you always have suboptimal level of these neurotransmitters causing anxiety. So it's extremely important to understand when you are getting diagnosed with anxiety, even though the Xanax may help temporarily or Clonopin or um, uh, what do you call um, Ativan, whatever other products you might be using, they may temporarily help. Can you see how just adjusting your nutrition, checking and seeing if these vitamins and your genetic trait, all of that is actually where it should be? In that case, the, ch the chances of you needing the medicine is almost non-existent. Well, also another big one to mention too is your gut bacteria, your mm -hmm. gut microbiome. Like yep. If you have leaky gut or any of those kinds of things, yep. that totally affects even your neurotransmitters, actually a bunch of them, I think 90% or as much as get made in your brain, get made in your gut too, which is nuts. Right. So, <laughs> well, the digestive system, very it's very interesting, and I told you, I will tell you about the experimentations that they've done. So they take these mice and they transfer gut bacteria to the different mice, right? Now, mice in general, inherently, they're genetically wired to be scared of the cat. And when they put certain uh, bacteria into the gut of these mice, they actually become very ornery and they will go in front of the cat. They have no fear. Or the other is they get, they get afraid of everything, a shadow, anything. So it all depends on the gut bacteria. Now, of course, they haven't, granted, they haven't done these experiments on human beings. But to a large degree, a lot of our things that we do in terms of medications come from these uh, bench experiments on mice or mice cells or cell lines or guinea pigs so it's really important what they the conclusion was the gut bacteria impacts our anxiety impacts our sleep cycle impacts our depression and like you mentioned 90 percent of the serotonin found in our system is made in the gut back uh, gut system but we don't know if that actually impacts our brain uh, there's so much we don't mm -hmm. know at the same time we know people with anxiety and depression 100 percent have gut issues yep. whether it be irritable bowel constipation bloating sensation so if you have gut issues your your gut has not been treated and you're getting treated for anxiety and depression and you're told that's what you have to do for the rest of your life 
we're completely missing the boat. You got to help the person really revamp their gut, look at their genetics, look at their nutritional status before we say, hey, you are born with anxiety and here's a medication for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, with any condition, there's always a small percentage, about 20%, that we're never going to find out why you're anxious. You may not be able to go back and recall an event that you've completely um, you know, blocked from your mind. And a lot of times it may need years of therapy. And even after years of therapy, what really happens is um, it takes, sometimes it takes about 10 years for that to come in and for the person to unload that event so they can get over their anxiety by just purely therapy. So just therapy or just medications or a combination of the two without looking at the root cause, which is your genetics, nutritional status, uh, which includes your vitamins, your insulin, um, the um, anxiety from the cortisol, and cortisol impacts your sugar, and that's how it impacts the insulin. Your, um, uh, what do you call the wholesome uh, protein that you might be consuming, maybe you're not in having enough of the protein that you need for the production of serotonin and dopamine. Then, of course, food sensitivities. And then, of course, we have to talk about substance abuse, mm -hmm. alcohol. Yeah. Alcohol or any of the drugs, whether it be marijuana or whether it be um, cocaine or methamphetamine or even Adderall, which people do for attention deficit, all of these are going to impact your anxious state. And anything that you use chronically from external to stimulate and to get a certain um, impact, you'll find you're going to need more and more of it because you're depleting the system without actually replacing what the system needs in order to function normally. So if I need... Uh, iron and oxygen and copper and zinc in order to have the production of either serotonin or dopamine or and the B complex and I'm not giving that but I'm just trying to stimulate it with alcohol or methamphetamine at some point I'm just going to fry myself out. So um, it's again very important uh, when people come to us with anxiety we have to ask about their habits, social habits, how much do you drink, uh, what are the medications you take, uh, look at their nutritional status, look at their digestive health, look at their genetics, talk to them about their life experience before we say, you know what, you actually need a Xanax. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah, I think it's important to mention that too. If you do have true anxiety and you're coming in here, don't go off of your medication right away. It's definitely a stepwise program. Um, you're just going to kind of hurt yourself that way too. Right. I mean, anytime you, I know, I, I know people are very anxious to get off their medications. Our goal is to see why do they need the medication? What is it that we need to do to help them be get off their medicine? But just because you join a program doesn't mean you get off your medication. So it's extremely important to understand. We have to monitor your, um, um, what do you call the overall feelings of whether you're anxious or not mm -hmm. and assess that you may have to work and I, I would say you would have to work with your uh, psychiatrist before you just decide I'm going to go off medicines because you can have rebound if your body is not ready to produce its own neurotransmitters at that point. Um, so I guess that gives you an idea of um, all the things that will impact anxiety and which will impact um, I would say um, 
or are the modifiable um, things that you can do to impact anxiety or for that matter uh, depression or um, insomnia right mm -hmm. they're all connected it's actually on the same spectrum um, and I always tell people look at anxiety as energy and a lot of times if it's a learned behavior because you you've been anxious all your life and that's how you respond to everything consider it as um, energy that you can reframe and use it for constructive purposes so you're very anxious instead of saying oh I'm so scared I don't know what I'm gonna do just say I'm so excited this is what I'm gonna do with all of this energy and you'll find that you can move from a state of anxiety to excitement now is there um, anything else that I haven't covered in the causes and probably the symptoms or the need for anxiety well, coming back to how everything is connected, when we're talking about anxiety, we're talking about insomnia, um, even depression, all of that, they're all kind of the same process. Yep. Um, it's a deficiency summer. So if you're taking a medicine for your insomnia and then you're taking a medicine for your anxiety, you're just not looking at the root cause of why all these things are happening. And so it's just going to continue on until, I don't know, whatever the next phase <laughs> past all of that is. It's like a domino effect. So really going back to the root cause, looking at your gut bacteria, your genetics, your environment, all of those things will help the insomnia, the anxiety, all that stuff all at once, which is really cool. Yeah. And um, always remember, your body is connected. It's not like, um, you know, I have depression. My mother has depression. Therefore, I have depression or I have anxiety. Therefore, I'm always anxious. It is a behavior after a certain number of years. When you move away from the situation, you've quit that job that created all this problem or you've quit that, quit that relationship or you're no longer in that um, atmosphere where there was always constant uh, triggers for you to stay anxious. If you continue to have those behaviors then that's a behavioral modification that's when you need a little more help um, trying to figure out what should I do so that I don't have the same reaction and I'm not constantly afraid um, even though I'm not in those situations and that feeling can arise even a year after that situation happened and it, a lot of it's just like this underlying anxiety this your pituitary is working like crazy, your adrenals, and then that just throws all of your hormones out of whack. Yep. And then you feel, you know, the repercussions of it a year later, and then it goes on for another year, and you're like, well, I don't have these triggers anymore. Why do I feel like that? It's just because your organs are depleted at that point, and you haven't, you know, done what you needed to do a year ago, and now you're suffering from those consequences. Right. And I, I think supporting these neurotransmitters with your nutrition, I cannot emphasize enough, you got to take care of your gut, you got to Im implement the right nutrition, make sure your vitamins and minerals are checked, see that they are adequate. And um, whenever you the feeling of anxiety comes on, you have to actually dig deeper rather than just accepting, you know, have anxiety. And um, sometimes it can be a hormonal abnormality and I see this very often with hyper uh, thyroid state in Hashimoto's mm -hmm. so in Hashimoto's I've said this before 65% of the women do not know that they have Hashimoto's they have high and low in the high state they have actually an anxious feeling and we go into what is also called panic attack a panic attack it's an intense anxiety there there's 
physical symptoms you're sweating you you have this heart jumping out of your chest you feel the tremors you actually have nausea you have to stop if you're driving you got to pull over you got to puke because you're that anxious that is the physical component of anxiety so anxiety has a mental component and a physical component the physical component is due to the what we call the sympathetic overdrive so it's like almost like a tiger's chasing you but there's no tiger really there so you have your heart uh, racing and you are shaking your blood sugars are high giving you all that energy you feel completely miserable and that's a panic attack and panic attacks also have been shown to be triggered off by low blood sugars high caffeine and of course a uh, lack of a lot of these vitamins magnesium b complex zinc copper um even lack of oxygen in claustrophobic spaces if you are uh, extremely sensitive to low oxygen you probably and you're not um sufficient you're not uh, good with the other minerals and nutrition you can trigger off a panic attack um so really it's a very complex process it's not a simple diagnosis you know i have anxiety i just want to feel better let me take a pill because the minute the pill's effect wears away you're going to have the symptoms again mm-hmm. you'd rather take the pill for the moment and then work on the root cause fix the root cause so you don't need the pill i guess that's that should be a functional medical approach um anything else that we have missed in what they can um to better understand Anxiety. I'll let you guys ask some questions. I know we have some current clients of ours out there, so if you guys have any questions, let us know. Yeah, um, just type in the questions so we can also see it. I don't know if I can actually bring you on live. If you're, uh, if you want to come on live, I think there's a way we could do that. You come in our office. <laughs> It's true. We have a whole group here. Um. So anyway, let me look if I have any questions that people are asking or um, are we covering this adequately and I will summarize. Um doesn't look like anybody has typed any questions but there's usually a time lag. So I will look for the questions. So let's look at how do you um besides trying to dig for the root cause, how do you approach um anxiety? Now, number 1 the history becomes very important remember when we are talking about history we're looking at your life events if you are able to pinpoint listen i uh come from a foster home and there was a lot of anxiety because i moved family to family right that's that's a life experience but you're no longer in a foster home you are an adult and you have full control of your life but you live like with those experiences so we're living in the past so that requires you to um change your behavior and what you have learned and that's where i would recommend working with a very good psychologist who looks at resolving your issue not just maintaining and letting you live your past but actually plan for your future because there are two things you can do when you have a situation you can live that situation over and over again and feel a uh, really down and uh beat yourself up or you can say enough is enough and I I got to move past this I got to change what how I feel and that's what we would encourage people to do and work with someone who's a professional in that field to help you guide you along the transformation 
The second aspect of it is to, like I said, looking at your genetics and making sure you're on the right supplements. If you need uh, the methylated version of the B complex, then we get you on it. We try to check your zinc and copper levels, make sure you have enough of those. Making sure you have enough oxygen, which would be um, deep breathing exercises, meditation, or exercise in general can, can also stimulate and reduce the uh, feeling of anxiety. Removing caffeinated drinks. If people, you know, I used to work for the VA and people would come with anxiety. And obviously, we, you know, even in traditional medicine, we ask about caffeine. And they would say, yeah, I take about four or five coffees a day. And I would say, how about cutting it to uh, two or three? Not realizing when they said four or five copy, coffees, they were talking about four or five pots of coffee, hmm. which means each pot had five to 15 cups of coffee. So that's a lot of stimulation. But again, these were people who moved from drinking alcohol into drinking coffee or they get into sweet stuff. You'll find alcoholics will move away. They'll stop drinking, but they'll move to caffeinated drinks or to high sugar drinks, which continuously stimulates the brain. So it's extremely important to address the diet in a wholesome manner. You're not replacing one by another. So it's just like which of the um, two evils mm -hmm. is lesser. Then you look at the nutritional supplements, like I said, the B complex, uh, magnesium, folic acid, B6. B6 pyridoxin is extremely important for the formation of a lot of these neurotransmitters. Then the brain itself, the uh, stability of the brain cell membranes is based on the omega-3, omega-6 combination. We need a good balance between omega-6 and omega-3. There are conditions where anxiety can be triggered off by too much of omega-3. So you got to have that balance. you got to have omega-3, omega-6, and then, of course, addressing gut issues. All of these have to happen simultaneously. I'm not saying that, you know, let's take care of step one, step two. Yes, they have to go in a stepwise fashion, but at the same time, it has to be very systematic. Um, and then in menstruating women, making sure the iron is always well supplemented and we look for um, options that will not cause constipation or diarrhea. Is there anything else that we don't, um, how else... Am I missing something as to how we approach anxiety? I think we pretty much... I mean, it's a complicated it. process, but once you start addressing your environment and your nutrition, you address all of those things at once without having to single anything out, and so it just really comes together very well. And it, I think that's for any disease process, right? Mm -hmm. The traditional medicine looks for that one solution, which is a pill. But this is a process. Anxiety is a process failure. Um, depression is a process failure. Insomnia is a process failure. One pill doesn't, it'll only impact one aspect, maybe the end result. But if you don't address all of the reasons that's causing that poor end result, the effectiveness of the pill wears out after some time. And then you're adjusting doses, you're adding more medications. It never gets done. Mm -hmm. So that's why as you're taking the medicine, can we work on the root causes? Can we look at the underlying issues so that with time we can actually reduce the dosage or the frequency of the medications and eventually get out because you're able to support the system and remember any disease process there are layers 
and we have to go through every layer for you to get the effect you need uh, naturally and to actually feel normal. All right, so I think that's pretty much what we wanted to cover about anxiety. Um, and of course, I have to uh, make sure besides the nutrition, besides your genetics, besides the fact you don't use any other um, external products like alcohol or methamphetamine or Adderall to create that. I think a lot of times we can get a hold of anxiety, get it under control naturally. Mm -hmm. So we come down to our last part, which is food as medicine. Yep. Um, we'll talk about licorice root today, um, which actually does help assist in anxiety as well. So while you're addressing all of these other factors, and you do need some extra help, it is good to look at herbals as just that little bit of an extra push in the right direction while you're getting everything else kind of in order. Um, so when we're talking about licorice, we're not talking about the sugary candy. It's totally different. And I don't yeah. know why you'd want to eat that anyways. Bikes, it's pretty gross. Yes. But um, so licorice root, the actual root itself helps to support the adrenal glands. Um, so when you're, especially when you're in a high stress situation for a long time, like you have chronic high stress, you adrenals will wear out or they produce too much cortisol. Um, so that really helps to kind of alleviate the whole situation to regulate the production of hormones in the adrenals, specifically cortisol. And like we said, cortisol will affect insulin. And so it helps to regulate your blood sugar as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Um you can also even help with fatigue. So one point to make those, you don't want to overdo it. Yeah. It can cause hypertension in some individuals. If you're on certain medications, it does interact. Um, so just be careful. Make sure you're working with a physician when you're doing this kind of stuff, um, especially if you're taking insulin or blood thinners. You have to be careful with um, licorice root. But an easy way to get it in is actually tea. There's a lot of licorice root teas. And we have this one that's Vada tea, which is actually tastes really good. Yep. And I don't, I hate licorice and I like this tea. Um, and the main ingredient in it is licorice as well as some other cinnamon or, yeah, well, cinnamon isn't it, but some other um, spices too. So you can get this in our office. Um, otherwise, you can get other forms of licorice preparation, but that one is a pretty easy form just to get it in. It tastes good. And just, I think drinking tea, just like the act of it helps to calm you also. Yes. In general, teas are very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a question here about what does uh, what impact does anxiety have on heart health? So remember, I said anxiety is associated with a mental component where the you know the fear, the um, nervousness comes in, but there's also a physical component which is the increased adrenaline that goes out. So. Think about it this way. If your heart is constantly stressed, it has to be beating at a higher rate and the blood pressure has to run higher, eventually it's going to wear down. So you'll find most heart attacks are during a very stressful event. Now, stress, as I've said, is this a specific trigger. Anxiety is where there's an imaginary trigger. So both ways, both stress and anxiety have the same physiological response. Therefore, you will have an impact on the heart. And chronic anxiety really is associated with poor health and um, and multitude of medical conditions. So that's a very good question. Does It does impact um, heart in the same way as chronic stressors do. All right. It doesn't look like there are any other questions. So Hopefully, once again, you guys have enough information to understand anxiety is not just an event that requires um, uh, a pill, but it requires stepwise um, approach 
looking at not only your genetics and your environment and your nutrition, the hormones, the vitamins, minerals, so that we can impact that anxious feeling for a lifetime. Once again, this is Dr. Chalam and Marina from Holistic and Integrative Center of Novi, the best place for you to find your best doctor, and that will always be you. Take care, guys, and thank you. If there are any other questions, go ahead and write them down, and we will um, answer them as we um, look them up. Take care. See you next week. Alrighty. Thank you for joining us on the Holistic Icon Podcast. Subscribe for the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes or visit holisticicon.com to listen to past episodes. Want to take control of your health and live a life of wellness? Dr. Chellum's best-selling book, Transform Your Thyroid, teaches you how to overcome fatigue, depression, weight gain, and more, and is available on amazon.com.